<laughs> and before we get started, I wanted to make sure. Are you guys cool? Because I know you guys were beefing a lot on the uh, in the group. What's that group? Are you guys? Are you guys okay? Don't look. I was. I'm more upset with you. I'm. I'm not gonna lie to you, Keith. I'm more upset at you as commissioner. Oh. The, the the decision you made, honestly, it's it's not America. Okay. The decision yeah. I made was was the was the most rational decision. And this is funny that you're bringing this up now because you didn't say a word in the chat when we were discussing this. And everyone else was patting me on the back, telling me I was that was the most honorable decision. No word from you. Now now we're on the podcast. You're putting me on blast, I see. I'm sorry. I'm at work. So, so Keith, do you want to let the situation know what happened? Or should I, uh, Orenzo, do you want to let the people know? Yeah, what happened What happened was Bournemouth game got abandoned. And honestly, no, there was a, a tragedy happened. Hold on, stop, Enzo. Tragedy happened. The value of life. Let's, you know, Tom Lockler, much more important than Enzo's fantasy team. Let's just make that really clear for everyone. Tom Lockler collapsed on the field. I wasn't the, saying it was heart issue. I wasn't saying the that wasn't was the most vile thing. I'm just talking about fantasy wise. I'm not thinking about that at the moment. I was thinking about fantasy wise. And I'm sorry about it. Well, we should maybe just, you know, yeah, we should no, acknowledge okay, it. I acknowledge we it. Should, you know, should, I hope it. he's fine. I hope he's fine. And I hope he's fine. Okay, going on to my personal issue. It doesn't really matter. I would have lost anyway. But Who are you playing? I'm fucking bringing this up. I was playing you, Tico. <laughs> all right, with nine men, and I had eleven. Okay, ended up with ten. So ten against nine. If that's the game you're playing, Shar got injured within two minutes at zero points. So I had eight people. Sorry, Joe Linton got injured also. Ouch. Yeah, but he had points. Negative half a point. Yeah, negative. All right, go on, go okay. on, go on. Finish um, your story. No, 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 no. I already finished. Let's talk about football. Well, no, I, I, let me talk about it. No, let me talk about it because we should just discuss it. So essentially what happened was that the game was suspended. So all the players that had points, those points got wiped off the board. And you had an option. And it was just there was yeah. uncertainty. No one knew what was going to happen. And they allowed you to the option to replace those players with other players. And so what I what I told the league was essentially, I'm just going to do whatever fan tracks decides on this unless we 100% vote like every single team in the league of votes one way or the other to do something else and everyone seemed to that seemed like the right decision at the time and no one really seemed to gripe about it until right now when i'm hearing a little griping from enzo that's what i do though i just thought that was i just thought that was the most fair and the most reasonable and there's a chance that there's points come back on the board i'm not sure what's gonna happen exactly but i think the smart thing to do was to just replace your player and move on well it would have been easier to replace your players, but I didn't have any. That was what that was my gripe. I had no, so I had to drop players to actually add, which is not anyone else's fault. Is because I had injured players. Again, I'm just I just griped more because I was playing against fucking Tico, and I fucking hate him. The person that should be upset is Thomas because that actually affected his fantasy uh, matchup. He lost because of that. If he kept so long in, he would have won. He won. He lost by like a point. But I don't think that the, I don't think those points are counting. Currently, they're not counting. And there's there's, there's a little note on the thing that's saying we are still awaiting the official determination from the Premier League regarding the handling of the Bournemouth versus Luton game. We'll post an update as soon as official decision is made. So got it. Now I'm not sure what Enzo is complaining about because as I mentioned, I my team was injured and I had a lot of people <laughs> suspended for getting five yellows. So I didn't want to drop my players because as we established, I do have the best team and I don't want to give up any players. You did have the best team. I feel like that's kind of weighed a little bit. Yeah, you, you're still running on that coattails. You, you're done. You're done. Yeah. I'm just going to power through pretending <laughs> you're going to say that. So I, I was playing against Enzo and I said, you know, Enzo, not the best manager. He traded away Mo Salah. You know what? I could beat this guy with nine players. And that's what I did. I beat him by 41 points. That's a whole. That's a whole other. We have so points. many things to talk about this week. So let's just do this super briefly. But there was a few really big trades that happened in our league today. There was one super convoluted one, but then a really clean one was Enzo traded with another guy, and Enzo traded Mo Salah for Son Heung Min and Connor Gallagher. And Tico's incensed about this trade because Tico thinks there was an injustice done here. But I think you could argue that Mo Salah and Son Heung Min are maybe like Mo Salah is definitely a little above him. But with the addition of Connor Gallagher, I think that trade's either fair or slightly in Enzo's favor because I think Connor Gallagher right now is a top twenty midfielder. Mm-hmm. Points wise, so if he can continue to do that, it's a good trade. If Conor Gallagher and Cuckoo comes in, and Conor Gallagher doesn't play, or if Conor Gallagher goes in the January transfer window, then suddenly it might not be as good of a trade. But for right now, I think it's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. What's your thoughts, Tico? You're like squirming over there. So Gallagher's the player that's averaging nine and a half points per game. It's good, but very replaceable player. You could find someone and I don't, I don't think you it. can so to me, I think maybe earlier in the season you could find that but like now everything's so like thinned out I think I think it's gonna you're hard pressed to find a guy who's gonna give you 
an average nine points a game. But if you played in matchups, you could probably pick and drop players. So, so if you have a team that you need to drop someone, Gallagher is one of the players you're looking to drop. Essentially, what, that's what I'm trying to get. And as far as it goes, uh, most Salah and Sun goes, Salah's potential of having a consistently very good game is much higher than Sun's. So the po season total, they're only off by about 40 points. And Sun had that game where he had 40 points. So if you take away the two like huge games for Salah where he had the hat trick and the 40 point game, it's not even close. And if you take away Salah's uh, t top two games, he's still ahead of him by a lot because he's more consistent. He doesn't have those like 10, 10, 10, 40, 10, 10, 10, 35. So with Salah, you're pretty much guaranteed to get at least 15 plus. I get it. I see what you're saying, but it's just, it was a decision. I just didn't think it was as bad as your, uh... It really wasn't. And if it, if it was bad, you should be happy about it. Cause I, that's what I did. Well, your team was never a threat to me. So you made Kyle. Six Not really. Years. All right. Look, he's got Salah and Haaland, which is quite amazing. He's been able to finesse those in trades. Quite amazing. Don't get me wrong. But when I looked at the rest of his team, I was like, all right, that's, that's fine. He literally has no one else on his team. Guess that. So guess the two players that average the highest points per game. Salah and Holland. Now look at the rest of his team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's a gambit. He's making a gambit. Salah's going to be gone for at least a month in uh, Afghan too. So he might not even be he might not even be in contention for first by the time Salah comes back. He might be so far out of it. Holland's, in, Holland's injured currently. Like, it's not, it's not that crazy to think that he might not even be there. Let's move on. Like, we've got a lot of this. Hello and welcome to Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico Nenzo. My name is Keith. And we are here talking about another crazy week of fantasy football, fantasy soccer. I will say too something too, not soccer. Enzo's shaking his head disgusted. I just feel weird saying football sometimes as a, as a white dude. It's kind of like when those guys try and do an accent, you know, like, like I feel like me doing that. Like, you know, like, like Brie, you know, like saying some trying to say words in French. It just feels weird. But I, one thing I did want to say, I think this year, more than anything, like there's so many good teams in the Premier League. Like a West Ham team that has like Lucas Paqueta, Mohamed Kudus, like, you know, not to, and then there's like a Crystal Palace with Elise and Eze. There's just almost every team has like really freaking good players. And that, that makes this, that's been making this year so fun to me. I agree. It's, it's been a, uh... There's so many teams in it, man, and so many teams that are, are on the brink, and no one's running away with it. Both the the top teams that you thought were going to go to it, and you, we'll we'll get into with C, but they're not running away with anything at the moment. Yeah, let's get right into studs and duds. Kicking it off this week, number one on the list is Dan Byrne. Tico, what do you got? Dan Byrne first game back, finished with thirty-one point two five points, uh, projected to have ten point eight six. He was the highest scoring defensive player. And it was his first uh, game back since November 4th in the EPL. So the guy took a lot of time off, came back, and uh, he had the goal too. So nice to see him back and nice to see uh, Newcastle get another shutout. Yeah, I mean, Byrne, Dan Byrne was like big player for me last year. He's a, an amazing player. I think the one fear is if he's going to start kind of rotating with Livermento because Livermento has come in and it's looked pretty darn good. So we'll see if Dan Byrne locks that spot in. If, that, if Dan Byrne locks that spot in, that anyone who picked him up this week or can pick him up next week, it's like he'll be like guaranteed solidity, especially with Botman coming back into that Newcastle defense. They're starting to really shape up and look good again. I, just, I also kind of just love him because he is so tall and lanky and he just does not look like a, a left back, you know? He's kind of, you kind of feel those guys that like don't look like how people in their position normally look, you know? Yeah. And he gave us that dance after the PSG. Oh my game, God, so. that is that is an amazing dance he can do. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I was I was going to ask if he could play center back, but then I realized, yeah, Botman's going to be back, so that's not even going to be a uh, consideration. But he can't play center back too, so that is another thing. I wonder if he comes in for Lacazelles, or if Lacazelles stays in. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities there, to be honest. Yeah. Next on the list, Michael Keane, Everton. So he scored 27 points. They were playing a Burnley side that has probably been the worst team in the EPL this year. Coming into the game, he only had 5.5 points, uh, 5.5 points. So he more than, I don't know, like thousand percent, I don't know, 500%. Job. Uh, I work at a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is, we've been talking about everything, how they've been very good recently. They've been on great form. So I wanted to highlight him. Uh, not something I don't think should be on a regular basis, but you know, he did have that great game. Great game for a good Everton team, right? Yeah. Like they've been, that's like their third or fourth clean sheet in a row. Yeah, they're, they're doing really well. We'll get into their form when we get there, but Everton's in 
big form right now. That 10-point deficit was not a thing that they could have been in for the title the way they're going right now, <laughs> if we're honest. Right. And I think uh, Braithwaite's coming back next week, too. He's on the yellow card suspension. Mm-hmm. So he's another like pretty studly player that I guess it's, I heard rumors that like Southgate's looking at him potentially too. Like he really? might get an England call up even Braithwaite. So pretty pretty impressive. He's a young player, but I still think Tamori deserves it more. He's playing in an AC Milan side that's just killing it. I'm not saying I justify it, but I'm just saying that like like to even be in the consideration is means you're doing pretty darn good. Yeah. Young player too. Yeah, but Michael Keane, I mean, as long as Everton's hot, this is great. I just I, I don't know if Everton's gonna sustain this for the whole season. If this is if this is the new normal, like this, this is probably like a, you know, a little bit of a hot streak. We'll see. And the next one is this another defender, uh, Raphael Varane of Manchester United. So this is a player I just wanted to highlight. Um, he had eighteen point seven five points, uh, projected to have six point four three against a Liverpool side that's been scoring a lot of goals. So for him to finish with that many points was pretty impressive. It was his first game playing over eighty minutes since September thirtieth, which kind of makes it a little bit more impressive. And Obviously, Veron Klaas, he has that history, former uh, Real Madrid great legend. So it was good to see him. And I think, Keith, you picked him up, right? Um, before the... He actually won me the week. If it wasn't for him, I would have lost. So that was very timely pickup. No, look, and he looked good. He made a lot of really good saves. He looked really good against uh, Bayern in, in midweek, too, when they played him. I think they only lost that game 1-0. But yeah, I thought he looked really good. He really looked strong back there. And yeah, I think he was a big reason that they kept it clean sheet. So, and especially with McGuire out now for how long, you know at least a few more games probably all through the festive season but Ron suddenly is a very viable player especially because United it's looked like they've been so stodgy like they want to like keep games really tight they've kind of sacrificed some of that attacking prowess for a little more like, defensive stability and so that's only good for for Ron seems like that's the only way they they went games United they've been so bad man that game was a really bad game it was not fun to watch yeah but I mean for them it was a good point Going to going to Anfield, getting a point. You hear what Van Dyke said? Yeah, I saw that. Did you hear what Roy Keane said after too? Yeah, it was fun. Then. They Fucking were pissed. Hands. Van Dyke. I mean, I didn't think Van Dyke's comments were that bad. He eventually said, just like, like Manchester United were happy with that point. We were disappointed to tie. Right. They're in, they're in two different places at this point. Yeah, honestly. exactly. We're, and then Roy Keane kind of. I thought that was like almost irrational. He was like, he should respect blah blah blah, and that was odd to me. As it, Roy Keane, uh, yeah. you've heard his commentary before. He's a He's a very biased pundit. A little bit out there. And the two honorable mentions you have here, Tico? Yeah, I wanted to highlight the two players that helped me beat Enzo. <laughs> uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno uh, G. Maris, and Anthony Gordon. Each of them came in with 24 points. They were projected to have about 11. Uh, they beat the uh, Fulham side, who was red hot, but obviously uh, Raul Jimenez, who got the red kind of 11 against 10, who we'll talk later on. But yeah. Uh, Newcastle fi- uh, finally got a win again. They were struggling lately. Yeah, that's great. I think also you need to, we need to bring up the Ketan Kudus, who each had plus 30. That was pretty impressive from them. You know, that 3-0 win, I think they combined for two of the goals, and Paqueta got an assist on a third, too. So I think Paqueta had all three assists. Yeah, no? three assists. So pretty, I think that's pretty impressive as well. I think all those guys are great players that you're going to start all the time. I'd like to suggest that Tico don't be biased when he does the studs and does now the second time that he's had to do this where he's done a little stick at me if we're going to do it we're going to give out the right information we should do the right studs yeah Tico come on pick it up (laughs) just saying I'm being false accusations (laughs) facts okay let's go on to duds then first one here Yves Basuma negative three and a half points uh, projected to have 8.34 it's always bad when you get negative points when your team wins 2-0 and ends if you want to kind of go on about his game and why he had the negative points. He got a red card in the game. Um, he's now actually uh, banned for four games, not three, because it's his second red. Um, oh. So he's probably not going to play now till after January. Well, uh, and then when does Afcon start? That's what I'm saying. So he won't play till he's not. Gonna, he's going to miss a lot of games for Tottenham. Yeah, I think. I mean, he was already borderline droppable on teams, and now he's definitely droppable. Yeah, and that was definitely a red, high foot, dangerous play. Was never going to make it there. And when you put it in the slow motion, it just always looks 10 times worse. Bummer. Moving on, next one. Keru Matoma. So only five points. He was projected to have a big game, 14.32. It's been now uh, single-digit scoring in seven of the last 10 games. Uh, and he got off the whole team, right? And they got off to such a hot start. They were t- we were talking about holding them on, selling high or not. So 
Mitoma, who was off to a good start, has been pretty disappointing the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, he's actually on another segment that we have down below that I wanted to do, or just like talking about what to do with some of these guys. Matomas, it's been a struggle for him this season. He's a, he obviously has a, a good game here and there where he really influences it, but a lot of games he's not doing much. And it coincides with all the injuries and all the, the rotation they've had in the team. Uh, we can talk about them being in Europe and that might be hurting them too, but I think it's really the injuries and the complete rotation. Um, it's it's not well for his game. He's having to adapt and sometimes he's the main guy. And I don't think that Matoma can be the main guy without that support. Yeah, so you think it's a team thing? Like, if that if that team refunds its form, Matoma will pick it up? Yeah. Okay, next on the list, Son. Son came in with seven points. He was projected to have 13.34. Uh, that seven point was nowhere close to the 18 points Mo Salah got in the, in the game against Man United. So, <laughs> Son, another disappointing game, but, you know, we're used to it by now. And so, do you, do you have any doubt? Or? I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit disappointed. And he's laughing over there. I can see him laughing, but it's it's just it's just not valid. What he's done. I'm sure if I go on fan tracks right now, I can find other duds that were way worse than the seven points. Yes, it was a bad game for him, points-wise. Tom still won that game. He was playing on the left, which is fine. That's where he can get his points. But putting on the duds is ridiculous. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's kind of funny. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I'm laughing so much. <laughs> Move on. But yeah, I mean, you're not concerned about Son. At all. No, I'm not concerned about some. He'll get his. Honorable mention, Raul Jimenez. So our favorite player for the year. Uh, he had a couple of good games in a row, but it's not just for the individual performance, which was terrible, negative 5.5 uh, points. He had the straight red. But it was from a Fulham team who was red hot. They scored 10 goals in the last two, and he just committed that silly foul that no, not, not necessarily got the red and kind of put them in the hole. And it was pretty early on as well. And then he also had a, before he was red, he had the bicycle kick attempt outside the box. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. It's pretty ballsy. It's such an audacious attempt. So ballsy. It's... So that's so crazy. It's like with with soccer, especially, it's like the, that one decision from Rahul manager absolutely fucks his team. And it happens so early, it just sucks. And it's just like, that's really one of the hardest things about the sport. It's just how one bad moment like that can absolutely derail a good run for a team, like a good series of runs, like it can just derail so much a second like that. And especially for Raul Jimenez, who had been hot, you know, like strikers need to be, continue to score and need to like keep that form going. Now he's going to be out for three games. Yeah. It's an absolute bummer. What was and I bet you a lot of guys picked him up and played him this week too because he had scored the last few weeks in a row. So it was just, it was probably a drag. But it was a drag for a lot of people. And he, and, and he was, what was he, Keith? He was, um, what was, was he? Hot, what did I say? Baby's back. He's, he's baby's My baby back. is back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Forget about that. Okay, let's move on to the, the game weeks. So, so this is game week 17. We're getting really close to halfway through this season, guys. We're almost yep. there. We're, okay, starting this one. Game week 17, 4 0, Tottenham 2. Richarlson hadn't done much all game. Then he scored in stoppage time in the first half with a great ball from Kulusevsky in. Really good time to run for Richarlson. And then Kulu then scores in the second half. It was a really good shot, but that was really a Matt Turner probably should have saved that goal. Mm -hmm. And the Basuma red card in the 70th. And then it was just a little bit nervy at the end. Did, were you nervous? Was it nervy for you, Enzo? After that red hey, card? I feel that red card came so soon with 20 minutes to go plus injury time. It was always going to be a little bit nervy. Um, again, Forrest having some of the attacking threats they had. I was a little bit worried when they brought on Hudson Adore because I thought he could maybe create something. But in the end, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Ben Davies has had a blinding couple games at that left center back role. So. Um, and with Romero back there, Doggy gives no joy. It's, it's, it's I was a little bit worried, but we held out to like the 80th minute. I felt fine. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should feel totally fine. I think the only thing that I'd speak about here is just how bad Forrest has looked. Like they just said, look, lifeless. And I just, I think Steve Cooper needs to go. I know he's really loved, but it's just, there's just no attacking like ability. It seems like they're really having a hard time progressing the ball. Like there's like, they can't really handle the press that well. Like, their, their star players aren't getting the ball. I think it's just a problem. Cooper just has no no emotion on his face. He's just got, like, resting, drunk face. 
Okay. He's really loved by the players and the fans, though. Which he, I just I'm not I don't see it, but they really like him. <laughs> they might need to change. I think they they haven't reinvested the money they got for Brennan Johnson. I think if they they might hold out to after January, see what he can do because they, they really didn't invest that money yet. Yeah. It's, yeah, they only have one point in the last five. And I also wanted to highlight Kulusevsky, who's been on an absolute third the last five games. 28 points, 14 and a half, 2017. Wow. So uh, he stepped out when he needed to. Uh, just wanted to give him a shout. Yeah, but with Madison out, that team kind of stabilized. He's really kind of stepped into that role of the creator. Yeah. So he's been you wonder when Madison comes back, like how, that's how potent that could be. I would still be bone. He was playing pretty well when Madison was there. He's just been he's been nice. He's been playing the ten role. He played there for Juventus a little bit too. So it's nothing that he's not used to. So he's strong. He's covered. I put a little note on that he's covered the most distance in the league this season. Like he's ran more than anybody else. And that coming from a winger and a number ten, you expect it from a number eight, but not from a number ten or a winger. Totally. Okay, moving on to this game. This is the game that got suspended. But at, before it got suspended, it was Bournemouth one, Luton Town one. Adebayo scored pretty early, right? Third minute? Yeah. And then a Solanke goal, and then obviously Locklear collapsed on the pitch, and that, you know, the game was abandoned. This was kind of a funny one, because I think a lot of people picked up a lot of Bournemouth players, and a lot of Bournemouth defenders thinking, oh, this is a good time to play Bournemouth defenders against a bad Luton team. But Luton, uh, Luton scored, and but then the whole suspension kind of bailed people out. So we'll see what we'll see how that hap- we'll see what happens there. I just think that this is also shows you that even though Bournemouth was on a good run, they're maybe not quite as like sensational as the last few weeks have been. Just to keep that in mind moving forward. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to cover here? No. All right, moving on to the next game then. Chelsea two, Sheffield United zero. Chelsea gets a, the first win in what feels like two months, but it's probably like three weeks. It's <laughs> been a it's been a long, it's been a long time coming, and it's against the worst team in the league, so it doesn't feel like that great. But it still felt like important for Chelsea. I think it was important for Chelsea with the the league, the league cup, the quarterfinal against United with against uh, Newcastle this tomorrow on Tuesday. So I think it's it was good they got a win. Um, it was good to see, you know, Sterling create that chance for Cole Palmer. It was good to see Jackson get a goal. You know, all the things that Chelsea kind of needed to happen kind of ha- happened in this game. Did you guys have any kind of thoughts about it? No, it's against Sheffield. If Chelsea didn't beat Sheffield, you'd be very surprised. So, yeah, it was, it was expected. And Palmer being in the game, starting, you know, he scores and gets an assist. So he's he's back on. I think he should be playing every game, in my opinion. Ice cold Palmer. Ice cold. And I, I think they found a way to make sure Nick Jackson scores a goal when it's like just put it in front of the goal for him. He just has to tap it in. He's very high. <laughs> conversion rate on those i mean so that was a really weird goal like the, a lot of the um sheffield players had stopped playing because you know it's just like a weird little moment but that being said jackson has seven goals now in the premier league he has a few assists his like contributions he's like he's very fine everyone acts like he's like sh- absolute shit but like he's played plenty of games he has he's done more than kai Havertz, rasmus hoyland all these other guys i i think for him it's just um the conversion rate is not that high uh, when you watch him play, it seems like he has a lot more opportunities. And whenever he does play, I think it's his movement. He doesn't look like natural fluid motions, um, kind of like Richarlison. So I think just aesthetically, it's not pleasing. But yeah, he has seven goals and or two and three of them came against Tottenham. So when Tottenham was rolling, so that's he's been having a very good year. He's uh, I, and he is really good with link up play too. It's not just like he just sits on, he sits in the top of the. You know, sits on the back of a defender and just kind of doesn't contribute. He he can get involved in the play. He can drop it in the midfield and make a pass. So I think I don't know. I think that people have been a little harsh on Jackson. Yeah, it's just a lot of pressure on Jackson. Perfectly honest. You remember he, he didn't come in as to be the star for yes. the up front. So right. for him to get that many goals and you know he got rolling against Tottenham, he got that hat trick. So from then on, it, yeah, it still has been a little bit scarce. But if you go over, over the last seven, eight games, he's he's contributed. Yeah, and then Nkuku made the bench, didn't play though, which is a little disappointing. So you know, we'll see if we see him. But between that and between there's this there's talk that there might be another player to come in in January. So we'll see who leaves. There was discussion that Conor Gallagher might not uh, might not renew his contract. In which case, Chelsea probably try and sell him this January. Come to Tottenham. Would he play in the Tottenham team? Yeah, he played in the too. Would he start over like Milling Saar or something? That's the only one I could think of. Even though I love Saar, but he would play over Saar. 
Yeah, that'd be scary. Conor Gallagher and the, and the Tottenham team would be really scary. I don't think I like that. Oh, like see, the money, if the money's right. Thing. Yep. Moving on, next game. City 2, Crystal Palace 2. City drop points again. I think this is game, what, one, like six points. Six games without a win now? Five games without a win. So they're crazy like that. Something like that. They won last week against Luton. Oh, they did. You're right. I think one and so five. So one and yeah. five. One win and five. That's it. Nice. Still, that's crazy. <laughs> now, Grealish goal with an Foden assist and a Lewis goal. And then kind of the last 15 minutes, they kind of just collapsed. They That first goal was just like a good transitional goal. And then this from Mateta. And then the second one was a penalty. And it's just like, what the hell is City doing? I don't know, man. City two years ago, even last year. Would have put this game away. They would have been up 4-0 by the time that goal goes in. And it's not it's not that scary, you know what I mean? Or, or even if it's just, even if it's 2-0 and then Matea scores, they would have banged in another one just to shore things up. I yeah. just don't, I don't know what it is. And I, I know Haaland was missing because he's injured, but two years ago, they didn't have Haaland and they were banging in goals. Yeah, but two years ago, they had Mahrez, they had uh, De Bruyne, so... We forget because KDB hasn't been playing the whole year. We forget about that. That's important. It's a pretty important player. Gundogan, he, I mean, Gundogan yeah, not being there is important, you know. Anymore. He's an important player, but Pep has shown that with the style of play he plays, with the, with the amount of players and amount of talent he has, yeah, he's missed a little bit, but they still score goals. I guess it goes back to when we uh, talked about how this team would look without Haaland up top. He just has so much gravity. That's why everyone else started scoring early on, and he wasn't putting as many goals as he was last year. With him gone, it's just everyone's fair coverage. There, there's not one person that tries like three, four people at all times. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But like I've, I've said it before, they, they didn't have Tarland a year and a half ago. Oh, no, they they should have still won. Just kind of, you know. Well, Alvarez was, was disappointing, you know, again. Six, you know, six and a half points. Not much there. I mean, not having Doku too. I mean, they're just, they're just not much going on. And it's and it and it's I funny did. that we're talking about all these injuries and you know what I mean, but then you got Jack Grealish who takes over Doku. You still got Kovacic you got still got isn't a, isn't the same as the Bruyne, but he's still a, a great player to have. You know what I mean? Like, and then you got Julian Alvarez who's won everything playing up front. I, I mean, everyone on City's bench would crack the starting lineup for Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, so yeah, without a doubt. Did you, I sent you guys the clip for Roy Hudson uh, just laughing at Pat. Oh, my oh God. That's, my God, that's, that's an amazing scene. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? You remember that when, like, the January 6th thing happened and there was, like, that photo of that old woman who was, like, kind of, she was, like, had that smile on her face and she became, like, a meme and doing that whole thing? It's Roy Hudson had the exact same, like, old senile crazed look on his face while he's just laughing at Pat. <laughs> the one thing the city-wise I want to talk about is I think city, ultimately, what they need to do is their defense needs to be better. Like I don't, I I honestly don't think it's the attack as much. You, I think it's the fact that they're letting in a lot of goals and they're they're they're, they're controlling like they, that game. They controlled the game like Palace had two shots, two shots, and they had two goals. Exactly. So it's like that needs to be fixed. It's something something about the shots they're giving up. Something about that is just the problem here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Last time they had a clean sheet in the EPL was October 29 against uh, United. That is crazy. Fuck. And they've played some crappy teams uh, from that time on. Bournemouth and Chelsea. Crappy team, yeah. <laughs> crappy, crappy. Okay. <laughs> That'll be edited out, don't worry. Okay, next game. <laughs> Newcastle 3, Fulham 0. Our boy, Raul Menez with the red card. The 22nd minute. And then Miley scores from a Gumerish assist. Almiron scores from a Gordon assist after that. And then Burns scored to make it 3-0 in the 82nd. This red card was controversial in our group chat. I did not really think it was a red, but it seems like people are kind of accepting it now. What did you guys? Did you? What was? Where did you guys land on this red card? I didn't think it was a red card. I thought it was harsh. Look, I know, and Antico's going to say, "Yeah, his ass hit his face, and he jumped into him." But you're going to tell me that's a red card, and the the Onana clearing two players wasn't a red card, wasn't a card, and wasn't a penalty. Jimenez pulled out of that. He saw. I know, I know. Tigger was gonna say, "I'm not a mind reader," but he must have thought the way it looked, he was gonna try to flick it up, so he was gonna try to get the ball. But obviously, he cleared it and he jumped right into the guy. I don't think it was that dangerous. It was a clash of bodies, but that happens in football. I don't think that's a red card. I agree. So the thing I'm gonna disagree with you is saying just because Onana didn't get a red card or a penalty, then they should not have given been given a red card. 
different scenarios, different referees, different judgment calls. To me, I understand what he thought was a flick, but he, even if it was a flick, he's still you're still jumping at the player. He would have still made a contact, right? So it's not like if it was a flick, the player wasn't going to be standing there. And to me, when you jump with your back towards the player, I mean, all three of us played the sport. That's not really something you make contact with. And I thought it was like, if it was a yellow, I would have been upset, but I, I understand why it was given a red. That's all my point is. I can't just sit here and say, no, that's a harsh red. It shouldn't have been a red. Same rules apply. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a good decision or it's a bad decision. And in my opinion, bad decision. Because the knowledge yeah, I also work. think that Jimenez made a mistake and then he did everything in his power to minimize that mistake. Like he put, he put his leg back. He didn't come in with his knee flying high. He like turned his back and just tried to not. I think he tried to avoid contact. I think him turning his back like that was him trying to like get almost get out of the way. You know, yeah. so it just it just felt harsh to me. But at the end of the day, I get it. Like I'm not like it wasn't like an absolute travesty. I just feel like that you start giving reds for that, and then it just becomes you no. Know, it's just getting to a point where it feels like no one's gonna want to go into a tackle anywhere. Yeah, it's turning to basketball. But Miley scores. That was a 17 year old for freaking Newcastle scores, and that was a great one for him. He, he, it was up past his bedtime for that game. It was a late one, mm -hmm. so good for him. 17. Mm -hmm. 17, man. I know, crazy. God, I love this game. And then, uh, yeah, just Chico mentioned the Bruno, the burn goal and then Almiron getting a goal with a Gordon assist. I mean, the Newcastle, I think they, not that they're like, they're so back, you know, but I think they're, they're, they're starting to stabilize a little bit with Botman and Burn back and Miley coming in. And obviously it's, it's a bummer losing Joe Ellington, but, you know, they have, they have Miley, they have these other players that have stepped up. So, you know, they're not going to, they're no longer going to be in Europe. So they're going to have more time and rest between games. So I see them having a better second half of the season than they did first half. Wasn't didn't someone else get injured this game? Shar, Shaw. Yeah, that's right. But we don't know how. I don't. I don't know how like long term that is. And I think now with like with Lacassalle playing as well as he did, it's not like as tragic as it might have been. You know, well, Bobby coming back. Yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. Livermento playing well. I don't think Charles was something serious. He shouldn't be out for too long. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, Newcastle something to watch. Are we? Do we think this Fulham run is like just over now, or do you, are you guys still kind of like interested in Fulham players? Because they were so hot for a minute there. Yeah, I'm still interested in Fulham. Yeah, they lost three 0 but they were down to ten men. Yeah, they lost. They're going to lose Jimenez for three games, but he wasn't their main goal scorer, even though he was in form. So we'll see. Like hypothetically, if a Wobi was to hit the hit the waivers, would you guys be picking him up? I don't know. It depends on who I got on my bench. Well, it might also be uh, Carlos Vinicius getting the start. Yeah. He started a couple of games, didn't do much, but... I mean, I think he's going to definitely get the start, right? Who else is going to put up there? To do that. Yeah. yeah. All right, next game. Burnley 0, Everton 2. How many clean sheets is this in a row? 3, 4? Yeah, fourth clean sheet in a row. Bloody hell. Uh, and I, they did it against decent competition too, right? Yeah. I mean, Newcastle was in there. Newcastle, yeah. Chelsea... Burnley, he said decent, Keith. He said decent. Not in Forest. I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. I will not be arguing one way or the other there. But no, it's. I mean, it's really impressive. Sean Dyche has them playing really good. DeCorey continues to be, just be a beast. He was. He might be one of the like gems of the season at this rate. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's been playing. McAllister of last season. Yeah, late late draft pick and high school. And the the wingers on that team are so good too. McNeil Harrison. They just are so dynamic in what they do. They do different things. I think Harrison runs so well. McNeil's so good on the ball. But so it just adds like different kind of angles of attack for that team. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that Onana goal with the McNeil assist and then the Keen goal. Man, what's this note? Everton in top four teams in form over the last nine games with seven wins, one draw, and one loss. Yep. And that's with their, like, what, where would they be right now if they didn't have that 10-point deduction? They'd be like just off yeah. six, just off seven. I have the table up. Let me see. So they, be, they would have 26. They'd be uh, ninth. Ni tied for ninth. Yep. They would put Chelsea down to 11. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. No, they're, they're pretty damn exciting. And then Burnley's just, man, it just, it just feels like they'll have like a moment or two that looks good, but overall they just don't have the, what it takes in this league. The thing I like about Burnley is, and I've mentioned this before, they're now one of those like, bottom teams where they just kind of play play defense and just clear everything out they actually try to pass it out of there so if you're going to be bad at least be entertaining good <laughs> entertaining bad yeah i don't think i don't think companies getting sacked no matter what i think they, they'll go down and he'll still be the manager and he'll be he'll be coaching them next year 
they just don't seem to have the system that he wants them to do. I don't think they're, they're, those players were actually prepared for, the, have the, quality. for the physicality and the speed of the premiership. Yeah. And it shows, like, not not as much as this game, but the game, the previous game that Burnley played, they, I think both of their goals were kind of very much like mistakes from passing out of the back. And that's just, you know, you can't do that. They do that like every, it's, they do that like every other game. They make a mistake in the build-up play that leads to a goal for the other team. And you just can't do that. Moving on to the next game, Arsenal 2, Brighton 0. Jesus scored in the 53rd, and then Havertz got a, Havertz got a goal in the 87th. I think that's 4-7 and seven for Kai Havertz now. And Jesus has looked really good as well. Two, two guys that were kind of a lot of, a lot of uncertainty and doubts early in the season are starting to come good. I think the craziest thing was just how dominant Arsenal were in this game. Like, I thought they, like, Brighton didn't look that threatening. I think they maybe had one chance in the whole game. Well, I, I said it last week. I didn't think Brian were going to put up that much of a fight against Arsenal. Um, they, they just haven't looked the same team as they did begin the season. It sounded like a broken record, but as soon as they got those first few injuries, I think Estupion was a big one. Um, was it, uh, and CISO, one of their creative players in the middle. Stolly March. Stolly March. You know, yeah, they've had a lot. a lot of injuries. And then I don't think the rotation that Deserby's been doing has been effective, honestly. And yeah, it is worse. Yeah, I mean, that's what, yeah. And not to mention, they lost how many players did they lose in the summer, too? Caicedo, yeah. McAllister. I mean, they lost their midfield in the summer. I did think this was the best uh, Arsenal look from all the games I watched them play this year. I felt like this was their most complete and dominant win. It's like at no point did you think they were going to lose the game. Yeah, they were in control the whole time. And that's what that's what Arteta wants. So good for them. And it was good to see, like, uh, I saw, like, a heat map up from this game. And actually, Brighton controlled the middle of the field. Brighton had way more touches and possession in the middle of the field. But Arsenal's heat map, like, on the edges was, like, insane. Like, they were just... They were just dominating the wings in this game. So it's interesting. And then, like, I mean, that showed with Martinelli and Saka both having pretty good games from a point perspective. So, you happy you didn't trade him, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I mean, that might change next week. But I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm still not. I'm just, my issue with Martinelli is I'm a little concerned if they bring someone in in January that Jesus might take some of his minutes on the left. You know, if they bring a striker in in January, I could see Jesus coming off the left and taking some of his minutes. I also think that. Teams have been double teaming him and Saka a lot more this season, and Saka is a good enough player to play through that. And I don't, I don't know if Martinelli's like at this stage a good enough player to like really play through a double team like that. So those did are you, those are my concerns with Martinelli. Did you hear? Did you hear one of the strikers that rumored to be going off there? No, do tell. Solanke. Mm, interesting. They could work for Arsenal. I think he's yeah. that type of striker that could work for them. To me, he's too similar to Jesus. I think I'd rather them go after Nwoni. No, I hear you. I hear you. I think Nwoni would be a great fit too, but Solanke actually scores goals. Jesus doesn't. Nwoni scores goals too. Nwoni's no, I'm talking about Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he scores goals. He might be similar to Jesus, but he's bigger, he's stronger, and he actually takes shots. He doesn't play around with it too much around his feet. Hey, I saw some news reports that uh, Ramsdale might be going to Chelsea. Really? Yes. Yeah, I saw. I thought he was. Just, I heard he was going to Newcastle. Newcastle, maybe. But I heard I was to, to get David De Gea to Newcastle, Ramsdale, Chelsea. Because I guess uh, Sanchez, the Chelsea keeper, is out for like extended period of time with that knee injury. So oh, Petrovic, shit. who's the backup, is the, who we have right now. Should mention that in the Chelsea game. But yeah, so I mean, he barely got tested, but I think. When you go against anyone that's going to test the keeper, he's pretty young. I don't think he's quite on the level. Next game, Brentford 1, Villa 2. Kind of a crazy game. Lewis Potter scored his first goal. He's kind of a young up-and-coming player for Brentford. That's kind of exciting, a forward. And then Brentford actually looked like the better team for a lot of the game. Then Ben Mee just kind of had a moment of madness. Red card, dove in at the top of the box. Got that red, and then Villa just kind of figured out a way back after that because they did not look like they were going to... They looked pretty lifeless. So Moreno got a goal, then Watkins scored, and then after that, thing just got crazy. Uh, Martinez is, like, the biggest the biggest shithouser in the league, right? Oh, I fucking loved how he dived. He's the biggest <laughs> shithouser. So, like, Malpe's, Mal, Mopes is a pretty big shithouser, too. Like, between the yeah. two of them, that was, like, that felt like a Greek... Greek drama. They were, they were yeah. like jumping, diving all over the place, like mm -hmm. fighting. Martinez picking Malpe, trying to pull him up from his shirt after he dove. That was just wild. Yeah, like, that's very, very Martinez, though. Very Martinez. No. But going back to the game, Brentford 
for playing a defensive masterclass, perfectly honest. Like they, Villa couldn't find any space anywhere in that game. And it wasn't until that, you know, that red that you never really see from Ben Mee. It's, it's unlike him that Villa started to find that little bit of space to actually break through. So I think if they didn't go down, I think Brentford would have actually either got three points or got, got the draw. So, as a, you know why Villa was having a hard time breaking through the defense, Five right? in the back. Douglas Lewis was not playing. Oh, my God. Why was he not playing? Uh, five yellows. Oh. Him and Lucas uh, Pinha. It's all right. I still won my uh, matchup without him, so it's fine. <laughs> Touche. Aceville did not look as good as they have. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, they got they got Ollie Watkins scored. Uh, he, he each yelled out a fan behind the goal. I guess was giving him shit the whole game. I'm not sure you guys saw that. I thought that was fucking great. Yeah, because well, Watkins, Watkins was a former Benford Brentford player, so I think there was like this thought that he wouldn't really celebrate, but he kind of celebrated. This, this, and he revealed later because I guess one of the fans was talking shit about his family so that, that just set him over which is fair I have no issue I don't really have an issue with you celebrating against anyone either Like I, I, I'm like it's whatever it's a game you should yeah. be able to celebrate if you want nine goals and nine assists for this guy man fucking nuts yeah, he's a stud I think yeah. we want to talk about just I want to talk about Diaby really briefly I just he got the start this week but he's just been really disappointing I think Bailey's kind of on the rise in this team and Diaby's a little bit in the decline, which is a bummer because he had such a strong start to the season. I don't, I don't know when it started happening. I really he was don't. slow. He hasn't scored in a while. You know, he was still contributing, like with assists and stuff. And but then, kind of since they made that switch, he's been pretty non-existent. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, man, guys, Villa could be top by Christmas. If that would be something. Liverpool Arsenal play next. And I just want to shout out too that uh, Moreno was on my list for waiver wires last week, and he got a goal this week. So we'll see there. Very nice. I think he. I think he could take minutes from Luca Dinier. I really do. So I think if I had Dinier, I'd be a little nervous that they're going to start resting him a little bit if they have two really stud studly guys that can play that position. Yeah, Villa's got good problems. So yeah, they have very good problems. Very very good problems. I think Kamara out would be interesting. I, you'll see probably see Ramsey just maintain that. That role. They'll probably go back to a four 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 two. Yeah, probably. And they see Ramsey in the midfield with uh McGinn and Zaniolo or someone else. Yeah. Alrighty. Next game. West Ham three, Wolverhampton Wanderers zero. Talked about this briefly, but Kudo um Kudos had two goals, but Keta had three assists, and that that other one was for Bowen. They just kind of dominated, but they dominated in a way of it was very transitional, huh? I mean, I think West Ham when when people try and play them, when play out them, is when West Ham are their, at their deadliest. Yeah, they play on the counter attack, and they do they do a very good job at it. Um, you know, when they have that outlet from Paquetta to get it down the wings, either as a Kudus or Bowen, um, mm-hmm. and they create. Uh, Paquetta just had a a blinding game this game with the three assists, just was put in the strings. So West Ham loves it when you attack them, and they punish you for it. If you can't catch them, they're going to score. That's kind of it. Like, kudos, Bowen, Paqueta, all amazing. Ward Prowse, it's been a little bit of a disappointing last few weeks, but still solid. Do you see that tackle that Kufal made that we almost, like, looked like he almost, like, took a guy's head off? He came at him, at him so hard. No, I didn't see it. That, like, no, to me, see it. could have almost been a red. If, you if know, they're giving Jimenez a red, like, mm-hmm. this tackle that Kufal made could have been a red. So that was kind of interesting. Can you explain the rules on that one, Tico? Um, different ref, different scenario. Can you can you explain that, Red? You realize there are certain things where it's subjective, right? It's not black and white. <laughs> Did you know we've been saying Kufal's name wrong? I found out. I was watching the game. You know, you pronounce it Sufal? Sufal? Yeah, Sufal. Well, you know, Shar's name is pronounced Cher. We still yeah, call that's him right. Char. We can, yeah. we can call him whatever we want. <laughs> 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 no, you're right. You're right. How does the quote go? Mama named him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> On the Wolf side, not nothing really to write home about. I think Cunha had a, like a solid, okay game. Wong was pretty disappointing. Oh, I think other than those two, you're kind of there's not that much else on the Wolf side that you really care that much about. I think uh, the only thing is, uh, I think Nato's coming back next week. Yeah. Or yeah. soon. Yeah. But okay, moving on. Next game: Liverpool zero, Manchester United zero. In the game that was billed to be like the highlight of the weekend, it ended up being a pretty dull affair. It was a it was a terrible game. I was looking forward to this game. I thought it was going to be you know two best teams who have who have won the most in England, and I know they're in two different places right now. But 
like Liverpool had what over thirty shots on goal, and they just they couldn't break through. And Man United just they honestly it looked like it looked like a Carabao Cup game, an FA Cup game or a Carabao Cup game when a top Premiership team was playing against like a second division team. You know what I mean? I do. I will say though, I thought that United set up really they they wanted to do this like they wanted to make the game ugly they wanted to break up possession like you look at that midfield armbot manu and Kamenei, they're just all going to be in there just trying to destroy disrupt play and i thought veron and johnny evans played really well in what they were supposed to do but that attack is just like there's nothing to it without bruno with rashford not being good and not playing right now like there's just there's at no point did you think they were going to score really no it's funny because i heard a pundit say that if Bruno Fernandes were playing, they would have lost that game. I Man United. That, Man yeah, United. That, I agree. It's very possible. I fully agree. Because yeah. that, that that takes out one of those midfielders. Like who's mm -hmm. you know, that takes out one player that's going to be tracking back. So and they they would be attacking more, which would open them up for the counter attack. And yeah. what do you think about Arambat? I think he's a terrible player. I don't think he's good at all. Not in this Man United team. What do you guys think? I think it's really hard to judge any Man United players about how good they are because they've they've been collectively so bad. So I think everyone looks pretty bad. So yeah. I think Arnbaum might be a decent player if he's played the right way, but I don't think he's necessarily being played the right way. Did you guys hear what Klopp said about the game afterwards? What did he say? He was saying that he thought this performance was more dominant than the seven zero win of last year. Or he's such a yeah. dickhead. <laughs> they were just they were just pissed. I mean, they were just like kind of like it, just, yeah, like, and edge him. And again, they were saying they just came, they didn't want to play, they just wanted to get the happy with one point, and he was just saying yeah. shot. After I mean, they 100% were. Like, no one can argue that United was not happy, was not ecstatic to get a point. They were ecstatic to get yeah, a no, point. Yeah, no, this was just, yeah, this was a big game for Liverpool, top of the table, so it mattered a lot more. I know, but you're playing, and you're playing at Anfield, it's a hard place to go to, and to get a point, that's a good, that's a good point to get. Going into this game, I was down by like 25 points in our, in our league. And I had Konate and Veron playing. Damn. And I literally, like, it was like, I was rooting for this exact game to happen. Like, I wanted this exact <laughs> thing. That I wanted it to be, like, a horrible game with no goals. And I ended, yeah. up, I ended up winning by, like, a point. So that was kind of satisfying. I literally had no hope going in. So that, that, was, that, was, that was the one thing. So I kind of enjoyed this game, personally, on a personal level. <laughs> I, was, like, rooting for, I was rooting for them to, like, kick just make bad passes you know it's the first tie united got this uh, uh this year so it was either a win or a loss for them so yeah. it's the first draw Do you know this is also only the fourth nil nil draw of the season through 17 game weeks i did not know crazy? wow is that insane but i th the craziest thing is just like i think i showed you guys that chart from a few like last week mm -hmm. or something but just the amount of the, the amount of clean sheets are just so much lower this year than in previous seasons it's just it is i think we're just seeing this change in how people are playing I was going to say the same thing. The tactics. It's the, the high press. It's the everyone's going all out. Okay, I have I have another segment. It's just called Attacking Headaches. And I wanted to talk about some attackers and what you guys wanted, what you guys would do with them if you had them. Starting off with Marcus Rashford. Horrible performances. He's benched. He's not starting games. He's forgettable when he comes on. He's also Marcus Rashford. And he was pretty bad the first half of last season. He went all, he just, like, went crazy in the second half of the season. So what do you what are you guys doing with him? Are you just keep him on your bench and just hoping he comes good? Are you trying to trade him? But like like what are you gonna really get for him? You know, like what what what's your thought there? Well, you made a good point about last season how he had a terrible game of the season two and came back in. The difference is he wasn't benched last season. Yes. Um that's true. He was playing consistently. I think he's in a bad place right now at May United. I think that Ten Hag has no trust in him, trust in him at the moment. And unless there's a couple of injuries on that team, I don't think he gets back in because he's got like Ten Hag as a favorite with Ganacho. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be hard for him. And that's where Ganacho plays on the left, and that's where Rashford plays. I would love to be able to trade for him right now. I think this is the ultimate buy low window. It's just I think it's gonna be hard to trade for him because he still has that name value. But when you look at his number, he's just a pedestrian player. He's averaging six points. Yeah, who would you who would you trade for him to go curious? I have a bunch of defenders. I would be willing like Zinchenko. Would you well, throw one yeah, player? Yeah, anyone's gonna do that. No, but would you throw one player? Or would you throw a couple in there to spice it up? Would you trade like a Michael Elise for him? Ooh, no, I would do Bruno Fernandez. No, the lesser of my. No, you would think. not Fernandez. The, Bruno, the lesser of my Brunos. Oh, Gamalaris. Okay, who who is playing better than Rashford? Is? I was gonna say he's playing really well. How about yeah. Darwin Nunez? Ooh, I would, I not. would not. You would not. No. How about Rasmus Hoyland? Hell yeah. 
<laughs> Tico, would you? Uh, would I what? Trade for him? Would you trade Hoyland for Rashford? Swap one problem for another? <laughs> I just rubbing shit. Yeah, I would. At that point, you're just rearranging. No, no. At I... that point, you're just rearranging furniture on the Titanic. I feel like you know. <laughs> Why not have shit that I like? You know, <laughs> at least I'm invested in that shit. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's something there. Okay, moving on. Next one. Brian Mbembo, ankle surgery. He's gonna be out for at least twelve weeks. He was averaging before the injury. He was averaging thirteen points a game. Three, or sorry, at least three months. Sorry, twelve weeks, three months. Is he good enough to keep on your bench? I wouldn't. A third of the season? I wouldn't. You wouldn't? You'd drop him? No, you'd have to drop him to find someone that's going to give you some productivity. Angle surgery, I know we've got some of the best doctors in the league, in the world, and all that, but even an ankle injury, even a, a surgery like that, three months out, doesn't guarantee you're going to come back and play 90 minutes. You know you're not going to do it. You might come on for the last five, 10 minutes of a game, but that might only be consistent because they're going to ease you back into it. I think it also depends what Brentford is in the league. If they're if they're mid-table in three months, they're not going to throw him out there and risk him because they'll just save him for next season. So for me, I'm big on uh, stashing players that are injured. Uh, that's how I got Luke Shaw. I had him a while back. Uh, I've been holding on into a swooping in, and I also have Reese James, who's always injured. But right now, I'm kind of in a shitty position where everyone on my bench is injured, missing time. But if I had a healthy bench, I would definitely stash him. And then you could always drop him, even if it's two, three weeks from now. Not to mention, Ivan Tony's coming back too. So you don't, you just don't know what that's, it's, that team's even going to look like. when. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think I'm, as of right now, I'm, I have him on one of my teams and I'm holding him as of right now, but I, we'll see how long I, you know, see how long I do that. Are I... you using this podcast as. <laughs> Absolutely not. Next one, Cody Gakpo. Because <laughs> I'm seeing this next one, and I know someone else that. No, okay, this one is actually this one. <laughs> someone brought up to me. I this wouldn't normally be on here because in my mind he's like pretty droppable. But the only reason I brought put him on here is because Nunes has been starting to get a little pressure for underperforming and not playing well the last few games. Do you could you see Gakpo getting a run of starts? Or that's or no? If, Do you think Nunes will, will stay? Started. If I if I see Gakpo, I want to see him up front. I'm tired of seeing him in this midfield role. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. But do you think Nunez? If Nunez, that's what I'm saying. Like if Nunez maybe gets benched for a little while, do you think Gakpo would come in and start? And then would he would Gakpo be worth it then? Or do you even is it even is it even not even worth it then? I don't know because look, he he went to Liverpool after having that amazing. Uh... And he was even even when he came to Liverpool in January, he had a he had a good few months. Second, he had a good second half of the season last year. I'm not sure. You could drop him, Keith. I'm not going to pick him up. <laughs> yeah, he is. Next one, Rasmus Hoyland. He's just been like, you know, it was so odd because you saw that he could do really good things and he scored some good goals in the Champions League. But every single game for United the last few weeks, I feel like he's like declined in, in ability. Like, I think the first few games, he really looked like he was threatening. And it looked like a lot was going on. But these last few games, I, I don't even realize he's playing. It also seems like he's trying too hard because he kind of wants to get, get that monkey off his back and he's overdoing things i think he just needs to kind of slow the slow, slow it down for himself the game he's just moving too quickly i think the game is too fast for him probably in the apl that's the sense that i get from watching him especially inside the box i agree hey, what would you do with him you're just gonna hold on to him and just like bite the bullet why don't you drop him tico i won't pick him up i have him in one of the leagues and i just moved him to the bench but if it was in the if i was in a situation where i had to drop a player he would be one of the first players i drop luckily and the league i do have him i haven't been hit with the injury bug so so you would you would be open to dropping him if, if you were kind of in a tight spot you had some other key injuries no no if Derek dropped him in our main league i would not pick him up i would not even entertain the thought of picking interesting him up. it's funny because you've been trying to trade for him in our main league i know but back then my team was not as good at a lot of trash not my team have you seen it yeah, it's full of injuries. It's riddled with injuries. If someone offered you Jao Pedro for Hoyland, would you take that trade? Yes. You would. There's more productivity coming out of Jao Pedro than there is Hoyland. Bootleg. But I think that there's potential for Hoyland if he ever comes alive, but you'll see there. Speaking of uh, Jao Pedro, one of his compatriots, who we talked about a little earlier, Evan Ferguson. He got the start this week, but the last few weeks Jao Pedro started where are we with him? I mean, he had that, he looked so good the first few weeks of the season. I thought he was going to be like one of the stars of the, of this, of the year, but he's just kind of started to diminish as, as the season's gone on. Are we worried about him? I fucking well, love him. We're worried him. about him, obviously. Are we yeah, like... I'm worried about him, but I fucking love him as a player. He's a, he's a, 
classic striker in the Premier League, but I just don't know if a classic striker can really run the Premier League anymore. Like he just mm. wants to stay up top. I don't think. I don't think. You know what? If you put him in Man United, I bet he scores goals. But in this Brian team, I'm being serious. In this Brian team, I just don't think it's working. One, because of the injuries. And two, because they play really high on the wings and they put a lot more focus and they don't really put too many balls into the box. Big boy like that, put the ball in the box. Try to get it on his head. I guarantee him he'll score, score you a few goals. But are I'm you, worried about him. Are you stashing him or is he is he borderline droppable at this point? I have him in one league and I'm close to, to dropping him or trading. Trying to see if I can get something out of it. It'll be a low trade. It won't be nothing, you know, crazy like Sun and Salah, but it'll be a trade. I think it would have to be a trade where he's like a piece. Like you give him and someone mm-hmm. else for something. Correct. You, know, you just take a little bit of a hit. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, the last one on this list, uh, Karen Matoma. Kind of what Tico said earlier, only three games over 10 points in the last 10. He was a really high draft pick. Is he someone that you would be maybe interested in trading for? Do you think with Brighton will improve? Or is if, if you had him, would you hold him? Or would you be trying to get rid of him? Well, we've got to see about the injuries in, in Brian. I haven't looked at them, but they we've got one more game left before the end of the year. Then you've got that little break. We've got um, at least two more games before the end of the year. Is it two more right. games? Two more games well, for the end of the year. Boxing Day, right? Oh, yeah, yeah Boxing Day. This that's weekend right. and Boxing Day. So two more games for the end of the year, plus they got that break. You never know what will happen with this team because I think, like I've, I've said it before, Brian with their first team, they're a, they're a force, but Matomo needs that supporting role. But... I have to know. I have to look into about the injuries because if they're if they're all coming back, I pick up Matoma. I trade for him. I agree. Okay, I have I have a sec. I have another segment. It's just waivers. I want to bust through it really quick. So I also want to talk about games, and we're getting long on times. And the, I'm just just not do anyone that we've covered last week. First one on here is Martin Dubrovka from uh, Newcastle. He was the starting goalie before Pope came in, so he's like he has some he has some Premier League pedigree. Started forty one percent of the league as Newcastle continues to get more defenders back Dubrovka can be like a really key pickup and especially like if you're just looking for a spot start against Luton Town next week it seems like a like a no-brainer another one on here Rafael Varane we talked about him in the studs category he's a he has he's an amazing player he played for Real Madrid I think the only his only issue is that he wasn't that uh Ten Hag wasn't starting him so I think if he's starting I think he could be worth it do you guys have any thoughts on those two um Dubrovka, yeah, uh, I agree. But going against Luton I don't think that even means anything anymore. If it was Sheffield United or Burnley, yeah, I think Luton Town's been scoring goals and they've been scoring against the big teams. So I'll be a little bit worried about that. Uh, Ferran, completely agree. Um, I think he should have been starting since day one. He's he's a great yeah. fucking centre-back. Uh, I just think that's Ten Hag, again, being a... I don't understand what he's doing. Yeah, but with McGuire with McGuire out now, I think Veron is pretty much locked in as a starter for the foreseeable future. Yeah, the thing with Veron is there was talk of uh, him going to Saudi teams if he doesn't get playing time. So that's something to watch for the January transfer window for Veron and uh, Casemiro. So something to keep an eye out. Next one on this list, another defender, Malo Gusto. Reese James is going to be out for a long period of time. Gusto is expected to, I mean, come back. He started. He played a few minutes in the last game. I think he's going to probably slot back into that right back role. Chelsea has a pretty easy schedule in the next three or four games. So I think he okay, he's had big games earlier in the season. Like he's proven that he can be a threat move going forward as well as defending. So I think that he is worth a pickup if you're kind of in that like desperate, desperate defender space looking for someone. What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, like you mentioned Gusto when he got a chance to start early in the year when Rich James got injured for the first time. He had a couple of games uh, where he scored a lot. I remember he had a, one big game where I think it was like 27, 20 plus yeah. points. Yeah, that's the one you told me, no, don't pick him up. And then he's, <laughs> yeah, that master game. Uh, so that's one, uh, If it's, especially if they have a matchup, it's a good one I would pick up. Moving on to this one, I have two names here. One is Neil Mopay at 25%, and the other one is Lewis Potter at 7%. I think the key here is just with, with Mbembo out, Brentford are going to have to be starting someone up top. And Malpe is a little more like doesn't feel great. There's just not much there. You had that crazy drought where he didn't score forever. Lewis Potter's young and exciting and he scored on the weekend, so he's maybe a little more exciting. But I think if you're just if you're desperate for a forward, those might be some of the only playable forwards that are um gonna be available for you. So they one whoever whichever one of them starts, they might be worth looking at picking up. 
Fortunately, I think Brentford isn't playing this next game week because they're supposed to play City, and City is in the Club World Cup. So that game has been postponed. But just just to be aware, those, those are two names that for the future potential there. And then moving on, a, a midfielder, Lewis Miley, owned in 15% of leagues. His point totals have not been spectacular. I think it's like the last few games, it's been like 8-6, eight, 8-2, eight, and then 18. And the 18 was obviously when he got that goal. But like those 8s and 6s, while not like ideal, they're enough maybe to start if you're like desperate and you're you're just looking for someone to get you a few points. Just a thought there. And that's all I got for waivers. It's a little rough. It's definitely a little rough out there in the uh, waiver department. Mm-hmm. So moving on to match week. 18. I think there's a few games that really stand out here. First one is Liverpool Arsenal on Saturday. And these in games like this, are you guys think would you guys like not start defenders? Or would you guys not start players? Or is this you just have to start you start you start the guys that you start in games like that? I think you just start the guys start like Tico had Liverpool against uh, was it Liverpool against Man United and you start those players because they can uh, perform. Yeah, I didn't. yeah. 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 Well, I also had no choice. Yeah, I didn't really have a choice either. But yeah, I, I think I think it's a good point. I think you kind of just need to start your best players and not sometimes overthinking it is really what's going to kill you more than anything else. Yeah. These situations. I think an interesting game that'll be, that might be kind of fun is the West Ham United Manchester United game. Depending on how Manchester United plays, that'll really dictate if, if they play on the front foot, I think they're actually more likely to lose this game. Where I think if they play on the back foot and they play kind of like disruptive football and they, like they let West Ham come at him, I think that's actually where West Ham is less lethal. I think West Ham's way more lethal in the counterattack. So that could be interesting. Just don't know what Man United is going to show up. Exactly. It's a tough game to bet on. The Tottenham and Everton game is going to be good too. Yes, that will is. be really good. I think that'll be a phenomenal game. Everton just coming on such a streak. I think this would be maybe a game if I had like a Tarkowski or something or Keane, I might not play. I think Tottenham just has been so good. But at the same time, how are you not going to play guys that have kept four clean sheets in a row? Yeah, exactly. Don't get me wrong. Tottenham's been scoring early goals, and they've been. Sc- I don't think we've had a, a nil-nil draw yet, but they've been scoring goals. I'm, uh, I was targe- I'm targeting some Aston Villa defenders and uh, goalies and whoever else in this, uh, in this week because they're playing Sheffield. So like Konsa, and then if anyone else is available, I think they're worth picking up. I think Konsa is owned in like 40-some 40, 40 percent of leagues, 50 percent of leagues. So he might be available. I think that he's a good player for, for this game to potentially pick up and try to get a clean sheet if you want to, if you want to play that, if you want to try and chase clean sheets. Yeah, the Chelsea-Wolves game is going to be good too. They're both attack-minded. You like to go down the wings. It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, so it's Wolves coming off a loss. Chelsea going to Molyneux to play, so... I think that kind of Wolves will be extra motivated here too. So we'll see. We'll That's going to be a battle for a time. <laughs> battle for a time. We'll also see what Chelsea shows up. Chelsea's been pretty, kind of like United where they're just one week they're good and we think that we're back and the next week they're terrible and we realize it's all over. Well, it could also be the debut for your boy, Keith. And Cuckoo. And Cuckoo. Yeah, I mean, he might come on and get some minutes. It also might be the debut for Pedro Neto to get back into the game too, which is not ideal. Also highlight City and Brentford game has gotten postponed. Yeah. Um, so sometime later in the year, you'll get oh, a yeah. play against someone who has Man City players that has two games. Yeah. So it's definitely good to keep that in mind because you definitely don't want to be scrambling to have to replace your Man City and your Brentford players. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? That's kind of it from matches and games and all the all that stuff. Oh no! For match day uh, 19. nineteen, it's going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. So yeah, it's going to be double episode again. So wow. Okay. We can see if there's any good games there. Uh, Everton, Man City will be pretty fun too, depending on, you know, if Everton come out of that Tottenham game with anything, I think that, that'll be a really fun game to watch as well. Sheffield United, Luton Town, just a battle at the bottom. It's some fun games. I think that United Villa game is definitely the pick of the bunch though, huh? I want to see Villa smash them. Sorry, Derek. Not sorry. I want to see Liverpool smash Burnley. The way that Liverpool's been, they might not. Honestly, mate, I'm hoping for a nil-nil draw for Liverpool Arsenal and then freaking Villa to win so they can go top. That would be really awesome. That'd be really awesome to see, even for a brief moment in time, to see Bill yeah, Bill just a brief there. moment. All right, well, that wraps it up. My name is Keith. I'm with Tico Nenzo. You're listening to Draft Offsides. Follow us on Instagram and X, and we'll see you next week in two game weeks from now. Like and subscribe. Bada boom, bada bing. It's so weird saying it. Yeah, I don't like it. It's like saying football.
<laughs> it's just weird. Honestly, I didn't even realize it was called X until like a month ago. Yeah. Why are you so technology deficient? Because I just don't really pay attention to it. I barely know how to do Instagram, perfectly honest. Why? Because you're not you're not old, man. Like because I'm a millennial and we grow up with MySpace. <laughs> We're all the same age here. Are we? Roughly, right? How old are you? Roughly, yeah, roughly. I'm 37. 37. I'm 36. God, you seem younger. You're so fucking immature. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Me? Yeah, you. <laughs> There's no argument. Forever like, immature. You've got no argument because it's true. You know how Drake says forever young? I say forever immature. Forever yeah, young at heart. Mate. All right, I think on our next bet, we only do a three-game parlay. I think we built... Yeah, I think we, yeah. Buy, we didn't buy enough more than we can chew, let's be honest. We, yeah, yeah, I think we should do a three-game parlay. Okay, should we look right now? 